Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, it's time, finally, Again. for Not Just Blowing Smoke, complete with a working audio board. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, or if you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, or Google, or wherever else you found us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. And we will make sure that Dave has my button on unmute so that you also don't ever miss a thing. Uh, I am Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave. And we are doing our uh, quarter two and quarter three review of what has come out in the uh, cigar world and pipe tobacco world. Um, This is something we wanted to do quarterly. But we kind of got things lost in the shuffle. But hey, why not thirds? So, you know, this ends up being kind of a semi-annual quarterly review. Um, And that's not just blowing smoke. Um, And what we are smoking in the first half of the show is this Foundation's Menelik Toro, which is a quarter three release from Foundation Cigar Company. They say about the cigar... Uh, Foundation fans will recognize the Melanek from events held in the past where this unique cigar was offered by Nicholas Mulillo himself. Mm. Those who managed to get their hands on one have praised its flavor profile, noting rich tones of cocoa, spice, and earthiness. The slight pressed characteristic lends itself to a more flavorful smoke Mm. with a consistent draw. As a finishing touch, it also features a pigtail. Which we cut off. The Menelik has two sizes, and both have a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Corojo 99 binder, and Nicaraguan filler. The Menelik also translates into Son of the Wise Man, which kind of fits with the Eloense and Wise Man theme that they have going on. It comes in two sizes, the Robusto, which is a a 4.5 by 52, which has been out for a while, this, the Toro, is the quarter three release. It is a 6x52 softbox press. And we are pairing with it this, the New England Barrel Company small batch bourbon. It is a 99 proof um, bourbon whiskey um, that is blended and bottled right here in New Hampshire. Yeah, baby. It is really, really tasty. Sweet. Um, so I'm looking forward to see how this goes with the uh, pairing here. Um, what are the first impressions of the uh, cigar so far? Does you guys it match are... up with the description? Well, I was thinking about what Pat was saying a little earlier before the show about the umami and stuff like that. And it's kind of, I think I figured it out because if he was saying something like potato, to me, I get like a heavy amount of pepper 
on top of McDonald's French fries. I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what do you have to say to that, Pat? Come on. So the the palate's getting like a, you know, like a refined kind of dark earth, like a nice sweetness, like a cocoa sweetness, mm -hmm. and then the retro hill. I kind of pinpointed what I was trying to do in the beginning of the show. It's kind of like a, more like like Burger a creamy. No, it's like a creaminess you get when you drink a Guinness. Mm, like a like a that drought. is very good. It's like that kind of like like Guinness. Yeah, it's how it, you know it's Guinness. That, it's Guinness. that kind of chocolate sweetness. You know, you yeah. get that from the San it's like that kind of malty, very subtle cream cocoa, mm -hmm. right? Like so, that's the best way I could explain it. Are you still sticking with McDonald's French fries? I think it's what I'm getting because of all the friggin' uh, salted seeds I ate before the show. <laughs> <laughs> that may very well be true. Um, I get some very nice creamy cocoa notes. To me, the San Andreas wrapper really kind of shines on the cigar. I get a lot of those earthy notes and, and cocoa flavors from that wrapper. Um, there's a real nice, pleasant spice in the retrohale. Uh, and there is a really kind of a thick, creamy, light cocoa finish on 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 the cigar too, and it's it's really really good. It's really good. Um, let's talk a little bit. Let's dive right in and talk about the cigars that have come out in the second and third quarters of this year. Um, there are a lot. Uh, our list is not going to be exhaustive. It's going to be more focused on the new releases that we've seen uh, come into the uh, Twins Humidor. Mm -hmm. And um, I've done my best to, you know, um, pare things down so that uh, it's... It's, so what do we got? Like a dozen, a couple dozen. There's there there's a lot here. There's, like there's, there's a lot that's come out. I did, you know, I Pat did a great job, you know, culminating this grand list of everything that's come into the humidor in the last uh, six months, and um, I focused more on the ones that were actually new or new releases versus ones that were just new to us in 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 that time but um and i put them all in alphabetical order so oh. there's no you know so we'll just kind of go down through the list and uh right at the top is uh 724 that always tops the list when you're going in alphabetical order i think that's one of the reasons kurt mm -hmm. uh put, put things that way mm -hmm. uh and they had uh two releases uh, in the second and third quarter, the Five and Dime, mm -hmm. uh, Hustler, Toro, Finally. and the uh, Club Humidor Cigars, Cars and Cycles Cigar. Fantastic. Um, both of those are really, really great. Um, they're um, sort of limited editions. Uh, I think the Five and Dime is going to be a regular thing. Uh, now, the Club Humidor Cigar was something that was only released to Club Humidor uh, in Texas and at Twins. And all of those, you know, that we had have sold out. Uh, 
Uh, Kurt, though, is, I think, working on bringing that blend into a new uh, a new permanent uh, situation with 724. I don't hmm. know what he's going to call it. But that was his first all-Honduran blend. And in my mind, it was one of the best cigars that he's released. Mm-hmm. Would you guys agree with that? I would agree with that. Wholeheartedly. Okay. That was delicious. Mm. Next, we have the uh, Aganorsa Leaf Anniversario Maduro, which uh, came out third quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very, very nice cigar from them. Uh, dark, rich, lots of pepper in that cigar. Um, what did you guys think of that? I liked um, the first rendition of it. Well, I guess that would have been the third. This is the fourth, right? Something like that. I've lost track. I liked last year's more. Okay. What What did you like more about last year's? I think that in the new release, which isn't a bad thing, it just this is a subjective statement. I think that I'm assuming they use more aged tobacco mm-hmm. in this year's expression of it. And last year, I think that kind of pepper note was more pronounced in the blend. And I think now it's more of like a musty kind of cocoa a little bit of a subtle spice to it you know so i think the feedback is people love it this year and i'm not saying by any means it's bad but i definitely like last year's more so for your palate last year's was better yeah but mm-hmm. you you agree that it was a good yeah it was it's it was a, a dragon, yeah it's it's a good addition to their profile dave you've had the maduro right i've had the maduro and i have forgotten the maduro <laughs> <laughs> oh wow Well, we know what Dave thinks of it. Um, Next up, we have uh, from the uh, um, Black Label, we have the Bishop's Blend, which we did uh, last week week on the show. Um, That's a real solid cigar. That's something that uh, Black Label releases every year. They've done it for the last seven years. Um, I haven't had the previous... Uh, editions of it so i have nothing to go on but this year's release um dark earthy cocoa um coffee notes lots of pepper mm-hmm. and it, it, i know you're a big pepper person pat so you must have really i know you liked last week's cigar yeah it was definitely a standout blend from their mm-hmm. portfolio i think the um the other one that i would say that's even to it for me is the um the lizard the Which lizard. I know is like a really rare, mm-hmm. used to be a vent only. I don't know if it's right. the case, but it's very limited. Dave, what were your thoughts on the um, Bishop's Blend release? Uh, I also like a very peppered cigar, and that was really well done. Mm. Um, moving on, we had also uh, Drew Estate's Nicarustica Adobe uh, come out. That's a... a um, a value cigar that they are producing and um that's a it's not a connecticut wrapper habano it's a habano wrapper yeah yep. and so it's a lighter version of the original nicarustica mm-hmm. what do you th- what do you think of that whole thing um so the the original nicarustica i prefer more just because it uses um connecticut broadleaf mediums mm-hmm. on it and obviously being a huge Liga guy, I like that rapper. Mm-hmm. But uh, the new Nika Rustica, I, I definitely think for the year, it's the best, I, I would call that a budget cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Drew Estate stated that it's a more 
spicy kind of woody expression of the Nika Rustica, which I tend to disagree, but I do think it's a very solid blend, and from quarters one through three, I don't think there's anything close to that good that's in that kind of price range. That's so, in that price range, yeah. You know, I think they did a really good job with it. Dave, what did you think of the uh, Adobe? I don't remember it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, Dave. Um, next, we have uh, something that just hit the our shops uh, in the last week. The Dunbarton Mikarita Black. The Saka Khan. Um, that is the latest release from Steve Saka. It's a Essentially a Churchill size uh, reblend of the uh, Mikarita line. To me, the Mikarita kind of focuses on three main flavor profiles cocoa, coffee, and spice, and earth, earthiness. And the, the original Mikarita really focused on that sweet kind of cocoa with the other two in the background. The Tricky Traca brought forward those coffee espresso notes and, and amped up the pepper. And the uh, Saka Khan, the Mikarita Black, really brings forward the earthy kind of flavors with those other things kind of more in the background. I really enjoyed that cigar. Mm. Apparently a lot of other people did too. We had 20 boxes uh, show up at Twins, and uh, they're basically gone in less than a week um when did when did they hit they finally hit like friday i think right mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um there's a a few boxes left at the hooks at store but mm -hmm. at londonderry uh they're all gone so until we are able to get more uh that's it what did what did you think of that uh release it, it so i was excited when um it was you were asking about it for weeks. Yeah, when it was teased at PCA, I got really excited because the the branding on it is the same colored branding that's on the Liga number no. nine. So I thought that this was gonna be like finally like Sokka's release that's gonna be like his number nine. And then I saw what the blend was, and it's a uh, broadleaf wrapper, San Andreas, um, Cote Votantro, Negro binder, and then it has Honduran, Nicaraguan, Dominican filler. And like when I smoked it, it's the closest thing to a number nine I think you're going to get. And I honestly think it was one of the competing blends for the number nine. And honestly, I'm going to say the Bewitched was probably within quarter two. The Bewitched was as well. Yes. So yep. I'm just going to tease. I think Sokka so far is dominating the year. But, you know, that the Sokka Con was a phenomenal cigar. I'm already looking forward to next year's release of it depending on, you know, whatever size is going to end up being. Um, the Bewitched also, I, I guess we'll just go on to that one next sure. because it's, you know, there. But um, the blend's kind of escaping me, but I believe it reverses the binder and wrapper of the Sin Compromiso. So the wrapper, I believe, is a San Andreas Tantra Negro wrapper, and then it takes the Ecuadorian Habano, puts that at the binder, Nicaraguan filler, then he has some Pennsylvania broadleaf in there as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was like a phenomenal cigar. It was like a really, really nice kind of 
mixture of like sweetness, some of that kind of hickory spice you get from that Pennsylvania tobacco, and like a really nice like underlying kind of cocoa note. Um, I there's some toffee in there, and like that that was a phenomenal cigar. And like the Powden came out quarter one, so we won't talk about that. But it's like to me. It, it brought out a lot of what I like in the Paladin mm-hmm. in like a $10 cheaper cigar. So <laughs> it, yeah. So both of those releases were phenomenal. Like I have nothing bad to say about them. And I think that both of those cigars are in my top at least five for the year so far. Yeah. So yep. yeah. Yeah. The Saka Khan was definitely like, you remember that Dave? Yeah. Well, it was yesterday. So yes, the, um, uh, <laughs> um, I'm, that cigar was, I think, the best cigar I've had yet this year. That's my favorite. Really? So 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 far, that's the top of your list? That's the top of my mm-hmm. list right now. Okay. I was actually not that impressed with the Bewitched. To me, I got like this... The sweetness to me was like this kind of... I don't know. It kind of tasted like a real fake sweetness. Like you get in like a, uh, uh, like a sugar-free drink. And I didn't like it. That's what it tasted like. That's what I got from it. I don't know. Maybe I need to smoke another one. But, um, that's what I, how I felt about it. I, li- I like the Bewitched myself. It, it didn't wow me either uh, in the sense that the, the Saka Khan did. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think it was a, I think it was a solid cigar. Um, of the cigars that Steve's released this year, I think it, for me, I would I would do the the Sakakon, the uh, Paladin, and the and then put the uh, Bewitched in third. Mm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, that. That's how I would do it. Um, but he's I totally agree with you, Pat. I think Steve Saka is oh, at me. the top of the pack with showing what he can do. I think he's really coming into his own now. You know, when he was at True Estate, you know, he was. Uh, president there, um, but he wasn't necessarily the 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 cook in the kitchen, or at least all the time. That was Nick Melillo, and um, I think now, kind of on his own, he's taking you know, and I think he's really coming into his his prime, like right now. I think he's blending some of the best stuff he's ever released. Um, and I enjoy almost everything that Steve Saka puts out. I think he's a great blender, and we'll we'll talk. I'll have a little bit more to say about that later on. Um, the next uh, uh, brand I want to talk about is the uh, is Aroa, the uh, uh, Christian Aroa's line, uh, and he released the um, uh, a Lancero in the original and the CBT. Uh, uh, Maduro blends this year hmm. in uh, second quarter, and they were amazing. Particularly the CBT. the The CBT was an amazing Lancero, and I know you know everyone has their thoughts on Lanceros. Is it a girly cigar? Is it a stupid size? Not all stores like to carry it. Not many people tend to buy it. They look at that skinny, long thing and think, why would I spend, you know, $10 on that when I could spend $9 on a Toro that looks like it has more tobacco in it? But the the more I've been in and around the business, the more I've realized that mm. 
a lot of our kind of preconceptions about value are wrong. They're misinformed. And, you know, the, when you understand that um, the wrapper is where most of the flavor comes from in a cigar and you get more of that, it's more concentrated in a smaller ring gauge. Um, and then you put that with, you really have to be an excellent roller to roll a Lancero. That's why they tend to be more money <clears throat> looking at other cigars that might actually contain more tobacco in them because there's no room for error. If you screw up, it's it's over. The thing won't light. It won't stay lit. It won't burn right. It won't right. taste right. So you have to really be at the top of your game to roll one of those cigars. And that's what you're paying for. You're, you're paying for skill. And, um, you know, so so seeing how the, the smaller ring gauges kind of intensify the flavor profiles of the blends, it's in the, I like the CBT. I've always liked it. Um, but the Lancero took it in a, in a, was like a whole new world of, of, uh, experiencing that blend. And, uh, we really shot through those at twins too. Mm. We've got more of those boxes on backwater, but I, th I think we had five boxes of that, right? Two. Two. They only sent two. Yeah. Two of each. And, and, uh, the CBTs went real quick. Yep. I, um. Honestly, there is some cigars I've had where it's, you know, I smoked a Toro and a Lancero and it's better in the bigger form factor. But with mm -hmm. the CBT Toro, it's a cigar that I've enjoyed, but I've always thought there was just something missing in it. Mm -hmm. And remember, like, the day we got the Lanceros and I smoked both of them back to back. Mm -hmm. The um, I had the Maduro and then the natural one. And because I'm just like, I, you know, Aurora's <laughs> not known for Lanceros. I'm like, you know... Can you make a Lancero kind of thing? And the Maduro, like, I put my Pat's Pick sign on it, like, immediately. And it, it was so unique for Honduran tobacco. Like, mm -hmm. it, it had a lot of, like, Nicaraguan kind of characteristics to it just because of, I don't know why, but it, it was very, like, deep, dark, rich chocolate. Again, that hickory note came out, yeah. which I typically get hickory in Nicaraguan tobacco, so that's why I was really caught off with it. And... Yeah, I mean, I just people who don't smoke Lanceros, I was just telling them, like, I know, but you have to smoke this. And I kept asking feedback, and I haven't had one person that said that it didn't burn the right way or that it was a bad draw. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they, they can make Lanceros. It's kind of the conclusion of that. But it, it took that blend that I thought was missing something and just completely just destroyed. It just knocked it out of the park. Like, Sometimes mm -hmm. less is more. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very true. Um Let's take a break and talk about the the Melanic again. Is everything kind of continuing to stay the same? Is the cigar changing at all? How are you enjoying it with the uh, uh, bourbon that we're having? You think the pairing is working out or not? Or what would you say? Well, I think my palate's leveling out because I'm not getting McDonald's French fries anymore. Um, definitely getting a lot a lot of earth in that. Um, Definitely some steady pepper. I smoked the glass just like you did, Dan. I got um, for the for the spirit. I it definitely made like the spice go up and like the sweetness surge. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about that. 
yeah, it, it definitely has sweetened the cigar and uh, amped up the spice some. Um, I, I think I think it's a really good pairing. Um, I was thinking that it would probably go better with the pipe tobacco, being that it's so sweet. But um, <clears throat> at Dave's behest, we're going to do something else. Mm. Uh, being that he's a Virginia lover, I'll let his uh, palate take the lead for that. What do you think, Pat? How do you think it's treating the cigar, or vice versa? I think that the... um. So personally, I am I, not a huge fan of the pairing solely because the bourbon's adding kind of like a like a bitter kind of not a bad bitter again <laughs> when i say bitter mm -hmm. um like a bitter kind of espresso and like a citrus note mm -hmm. that Bland kind maybe? of takes away from the cigar um but the cigar itself which you know he says like the soft press consistent draw and everything i actually have a pretty tight draw on mine but it's still smokable it's not something that you have to throw out or anything i just prefer a little bit of a looser draw so i think if the draw was more open and i was getting more smoke it could it would be able to combat the bourbon a bit more mm. but the the cigar without taking a drink as you go through kind of like mid first third the that kind of guinness creaminess is there still mm -hmm. and that spice is definitely moving forward it's more of like a stimulating kind of black pepper and that sweetness is definitely lingering longer on the finish. So as, you know, we're going through the cigars, like those more like sweet aromas and spices are kind of coming to the forefront mm -hmm. with putting that kind of creamy Guinness note kind of in the mm -hmm. background, yeah. but still present, obviously. As it's kind of progressing for me, I'm getting more of a kind of like a light leather note. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those kind of hickory notes that you talk about in Nicaraguan tobacco and kind of getting more of that kind of a wood you know, a uh, hickory wood uh, as I go down the cigar here. I haven't had any issues with burning, though. This is the first time I've had one of these that had, that's had a tight dry, whether it's the Robusto or the Toro, so it's just... And again, like, it's still smokable. I just... I, I prefer, like, a little bit looser, you know? Like, this is... Like, if someone else could smoke this and say it's fine. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. knocking the cigar by any means. Yep, I do think that it's on mine too. The uh, draw is a little tight, but definitely smokable. Mm. Um, the next uh, uh, company that I wanted to talk about that's releasing stuff is uh, Ferri Otego. Um, that is, um, uh, they have they have released the uh, Timeless Limited, uh, the ten year anniversary uh, cigar. Comes in a ten count box. And they also released 2022 versions of the uh, Ferriotego, Generoso, and Elegancia. Um, those are higher-end uh, $22 cigars mm. this year. Um, now, I know you've had the, the timeless 10th anniversary, and you thought that was that was pretty decent. Mm -hmm. It like, caught my eye because, again, like whenever like a new brand comes in, I'm like, very critiquing you know mm -hmm. like i want to like see if it's really going to be worth having at the shop so i saw a timeless band and i'm like 20 you know i was like what is it like 17 to 20 bucks i'm like mm -hmm. that and i'm like you know nat sherman didn't have 20 dollars cigars right? right so i ended up buying one and trying it and you know i didn't i was trying to look into what the blend was and i was mm -hmm. doing like 
the timeless and then like the Nat Sherman timelesses were popping up. So I didn't really, and it wasn't the same cigar. So I didn't really know what the blend was. So I'm smoking it and it it gave me like a very Davidoff like musique to it. Mm -hmm. And it had like a really, like even on the core draw, it was like a raspberry sweetness to it. And I'm like, all right, this is a little unique. And then that that sweetness still remained when you actually lit the cigar, which a lot of the Mm -hmm. times when you do a core draw, like Mm -hmm. it's not going to really be how that is. But that kind of raspberry type sweetness actually stayed with the blend. And it had like a really unique kind of like cedar note. Like not just like your typical cedar, but like a really like well-refined cedar. And then a little bit of like a lime citrus to it. Mm. And, you know, it's, I was like, it's very Davidoff-y. So finally, yeah. I, I, Furiotego <laughs> is the proper way to look up the blend. Mm-hmm. So when I looked up the blend, it was Davidoff. I'm like, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I was a huge fan of it. Um, when it comes to the Elegancia and the Maduro one, which is the uh, Gen- Generoso. Generoso. I haven't had the Generoso. I had the Elegancia, and it's not a secret. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, so not at all. I haven't had the 2022 release of it. I, I was pretty all set after the 2021. Um, not to say that there's not someone who would like that cigar. I just, when I smoke a Connecticut, I'm kind of looking for that creaminess, you know, maybe a little bit of cedar, maybe some citrus, but I was getting like a kind of a bitter kind of earthy espresso there. And I just mm. like, again, some people might like that. It's just for me, when I'm smoking yep. Connecticut, I'm not looking for kind of any bitter notes in it. I'll get my bitterness from the coffee I'm pairing it with. Mm. But so not really a huge fan of that one, but the timeless 2022 is like a must try in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. Now, have you had the other uh, timeless uh, that they've released so i haven't had a chance to do those yeah that's on the yeah. docket this week hopefully you know the, obviously they're they're at a little bit of a different price point than the 10th anniversary you know but like like you said before uh, you know timeless was not a really kind of upper end echelon you know cigar as far as price went you know i don't think there were you know the timeless was a 15 16 17 18 dollar cigar so when the 10th anniversary came out and it's like 18 bucks i wondered whether anybody would try it Mm. because you know when it was out under nat sherman it was half that price you know or two-thirds of that price depending on the size uh, you know of the cigar and um you know, yeah, but Mike's it's got to pay the bills. It's it's been doing it's been doing pretty well. Yep. It's uh, so I, I you know I've been impressed. I've been impressed with how the how the uh, the timeless tenth anniversary is done. I'm happy he was able to keep the brand alive. You know, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Good. For yeah, you. and Michael Herklotz is a good friend of Kurt's, um, uh, and uh, we want to be supporting him and. And uh, for Tego, as he moves forward, we're mm-hmm. thrilled that he was able to pull that out of the fire with, uh, you know, the all the crap that happened in that Sherman with um, uh, the COVID shutdowns and everything. It's yep. just such a shame that the, that the New York storefront just went kaputs in that whole thing. Yeah, almost 100 years, man, just down the I drain. Know. It's I crazy. know. Ridiculous. <clears throat> um. Next up is uh, Forged Cigar Company uh, mm. came out with a. They have been releasing uh, a inexpensive cigar called Sunday Gravy. It retails for five dollars a stick. It's 
a Toro size, right? Just about? Well, one that we have a Robusto right now, but the original was uh, a Toro. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a quarterly release that they do with them. And in the second quarter, they came out with the Sunday Gravy uh, Grappa mm-hmm. cigar. And you can it comes in a 10-count um, cardboard box. Yep. Uh, but it's also available as singles for $5 a piece. So it's $50 for the 10 count or 5 bucks for a single. And it is and seven it's, like hotcakes. It's, um, you know, again, one of the these kind of value cigar surprises where, you know, I'm thinking, again, you know, a, a cigar that's named after food, you know, Sunday Gravy, and then Grappa. I don't remember what the previous one was. I think it was just Sunday Gravy. Sunday Gravy. Yeah. And, um, you know, which sold it, it out. was really, it was really good. And, you know, they particularly do really well here in the hooks at store. Mm. Um, but for, again, is a budget cigar for five bucks. It's hard to go wrong with that. You know, it was, it was a, a, a it was a nice surprise. Um, it was to me because I've had grappa before and I'm happy it doesn't taste anything like it. So. <laughs> Um, you haven't had the right grappa. I guess not. Mm. I don't know. Um, uh, Larry brought some in. Uh, why am I not surprised that Larry brought in grappa? Yeah. Um, next up, we come to Foundation Cigar. And, uh, of course, the Menelik Toro here uh, is one of their releases. And also uh, a third quarter release for them is the Maca Raton. Uh, Eloense and the Wise Man. Uh, that is a, uh, you know, short, fat, figurado uh, cigar, perfecto, um, in that a ramped up Eloense blend and uh, the Wise Man Maduro blend for them. Both of those are very good. And I have to tell you, uh, having had both, the one I was like, you know, probably least looking forward to was the the original Eloense uh, Mocha Raton. Uh, but the way they tweaked the blend for that size was amazing. I, I thought it was stellar. I almost wish that they would take that tweaked blend, which is a little bit ramped up, and uh, tweak the original blend so it has a little bit more oomph to it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the uh, Monka Raton uh, Eloense. Have, have either of you had both of those since they came out? Yeah, one of my friends gave me uh, some of the PCA samples, so I smoked them probably like over a month ago, I think. And the, the Maduro was like a killer cigar like remember I, I smoked it and i got up out of my chair and i was like holy you know i could barely walk <laughs> but yeah they're both really good like the the tweaked blends definitely bring out like a lot more body in that mm-hmm. shape and it, yeah that was, those are really good cigars yeah very very nice um also uh jc newman speaking of tweaked blends decided to tweak their uh, black diamond gave it a facelift uh, as far as the packaging goes, and uh, it's come out again in the three original sizes, the Radiant, the uh, Marquis, and the Emerald. 
And um, uh, I know, Pat, you've had one, if not multiple sizes of, of the new ones that have come out. Mm -hmm. What's been your take on that for new versus old? I was upset they touched the blend, personally. I think, like, the the last release of the Black Diamond, which I think was always the same blend until mm -hmm. they changed it, to me, it's just better. You know, like, I, I just think it all just kind of blends together better. You know, like, the new one by no means is a bad cigar, but I think it just lost something in it. Like, I don't know what the tweak was. They don't really tell you. I think the website says it was more, like, rich but i definitely prefer the old blend more what did you like about the old blend it's weird. i just think like i think the big thing was when i smoked the original blend it reminded me a lot of the opus forbidden x mm -hmm. with just like the wrapper and in like that way like it had like that like dominican dark leather in it it had a really nice blended spice it wasn't like solely a black pepper it was just it changed a lot in the cigar and on the new rendition of the black diamond it lost that complexity to me like mm. it was a linear profile and i smoked the um radiant and the emerald because the radiant's my favorite size out of the blank mm. I, I think even in the original ones that that was a standout one i think the other sizes kind of lose those notes i was talking about so I don't know. I, it just lost that complexity. It's a lot more of a linear profile to me now. Mm. I haven't had the new blend yet. Mm. So I'll withhold my thoughts. I'm a big fan of the Black Diamond as uh, in the original blend, of course. I thought that was a great cigar. And again, I think that the it's the Radiant that's the smallest one. Mm -hmm. And that's my favorite size as well. Uh, between the three, again... I think the whole smaller ring gauge, you know, you actually can get more bang for your buck depending on the blend. Um, uh, next up will be the Oz cigars. Do you want to talk about those, Pat? Because I haven't had those either myself yet. I haven't done a lot of research on like the history of it. I know it's one of the, the last of the CAO guys is doing mm -hmm. Oz, and I wish I remembered the name. I watched a podcast with him on it like a few weeks ago. But that's a really good cigar. And again, the blend kind of escapes me a little bit. But I think it was a Sumatra wrapper. It has two binders. One of them's another Sumatra. And I forget what the second binder is. It might be a Connecticut. And then the fillers is, um, I think it's Candega, Esteli, and a Tempe. Mm -hmm. And... It, it, it was like a really like I, I was telling Dan before the show I wanted to smoke that on the show because I, I think it's not enough people I think have tried that cigar and it had like the perfect balance of like we talk about what mm. umami is like the perfect mm -hmm. balance of all the flavors on your palate like it had the perfect mixture of salty sweet some spice it had that creaminess to it mm. and throughout the entire cigar it doesn't lose any of that consistency mm. And it, it, it that it's sounds awesome. in my opinion, that's probably the most well blended cigar of the year. And it, it it was kind of a shocker to me because you know a new brand that comes in and it just killed it, you know. And it mm -hmm. kind of uh, we'll talk about West Tampa possibly. I don't know if that was a quarter one or two, but again, that's another one of the CAO guys 
and they use that um, Nicaraguan Atempe, which is like a little volcanic island off the coast. And again, like the West Tampa Maduro is another phenomenal cigar that has that tobacco in it. So I think like both of these CAO guys really knocked it out of their releases. And I'm excited to see what Oz does in the future because, you know, for that the thing about Oz is they did one cigar to start with. They didn't do like the, you know, a light and a dark one just for the, the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just did one cigar and they just offered it. We carry Robusto Toro Gordo. And I don't know if there's any other sizes, but mm-hmm. I, it, again, like, it's just. What was the, the size you like? I had the Robusto. Joe had the Toro, and that's the one he liked, but it, the, yeah. the Robusto, it's just. Again, like definitely gonna have to pick very, very well blended. Yeah, it is an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, and then a dual binder of uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut and Nicaraguan Jalapa, hmm. and then Nicaraguan Esteli Jalapa and Amatepe in the filler. I was almost right. Yeah, so you were you were close. Close. Good boy. Good job, um, Pat. Yeah, Pat did good. Mm. Um, yeah, so the Bosphorus, the the uh, B fifty two. I think there's the fifty four and the. Uh, is it the fifty six? I think they're pretty close. Yeah. Um, but it looks. What's like the a, owner's name? I feel like we need to mention his name. Ozinger. I... It's um, let's see. Uh, Cano Ozinger. I, I know his father was a huge staple in the industry. Like he mm-hmm. would go to like. Every PCA, I think initially, Dan, you'd find it interesting. He used to make pipes, and that's what was his big thing for PCA. Tim Ozinger, okay. That's that's who it is. It's Tim Ozinger um, is the name of the guy, and they're distributed by Crown Heads. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, his father used to make pipes and go to PCA, and mm-hmm. I know that he unfortunately passed away. I don't remember yeah, when. I think he was Cano. As but I read this article here. But he, yeah, it's a really like nice history to that line, and that cigar really is like the expression of his father, and I know that he takes a lot of pride in that. And again, like I am very happy that that was such a well blended cigar. Again, like you know, pay tribute to his father, phenomenal blend, and I honestly think that company is gonna do some really great things. Yeah, especially being part of Crown Heads too. Like that's a really reputable company as well to be mm-hmm. distributing for them. So very true, very mm-hmm. true. Um. That brings us to R, and R is for Rojas. Mm. And Rojas uh, had two new releases in quarter two and three, the uh, Street Taco Carnitas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, which continued the Street Taco success. Uh, that's a, a Connecticut version of the uh, Street Taco uh, original release. And uh, really, really surprisingly good. And surprisingly, too, I believe the only thing they changed was the wrapper. Like, it's the same blend. Yeah, and then did, like, a soft press on it, too. Yeah. And Amazing, the difference. It, uh, it Just a really, really good um, kind of low-end medium cigar. It's not mild, but, like, a low-end medium cigar. And uh, very, very nice, very tasty. Uh, and they also released uh, the Unfinished Business, uh, which... Uh, just hit the stores a couple of weeks ago and um that also was very tasty to me um that had that kind of savory component to it that we've been talking about mm-hmm. um, i don't remember the blend of that cigar off the top of I'm my not head that either. One either um yeah i mean let me see if i can <clears throat> track that down and then while quick. you're doing that yeah noel rojas like i 
I believe, uh, I don't know when he released the, because the other lines he does is the, the blue bonnet, the statement, and then the new ones is the unfinished business. He has the KSG, which is a PCA exclusive. I believe that he's going to mm -hmm. be, I think he has enough tobacco to do that. I think he said it was like seven to nine years. I think he has enough tobacco to keep that line going. Um, again, another good story with him. I mean, again, to my knowledge, it, it was, um, he escaped Cuba like early morning on a raft and then he mm -hmm. went to Florida and that's kind of where he set up shop and like, and then his big motto is he's never going to blend. Well, he's king of the small gauge. He's yeah. never going to blend anything bigger than a 50 gauge. So again, taking that very traditional Cuban pr approach, the sizing mm -hmm. and the thing with him is I think there's a lot of cigars that you can find in the humidor that are consistent, good cigars, but they're lacking that kind of sexiness to them. And I think that every cigar that he's made, because I've smoked all the lines that we carry, which I think we carry everything now, mm -hmm. if I believe. Yep. And they all have some uniqueness to it. Like it's it's not it's always a different flavor profile per third. Like I noticed that there's a really prominent sweetness in his cigars that I think you don't really get many others. I know that there's mm -hmm. one region of Nicaraguan tobacco that he uses in his cigars, or some of them. That I can't remember it just because it's I, I think that's probably the only cigar that I've read that uses that region. Maybe you have the blend well, info. Let me, I've got the blend info right here for Sweet. the unfinished business. It's an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and fillers from Nicaragua and Mexico. Hmm. So there is some review I've seen that lists the specific Nicaraguan regions. Mm-hmm. And the region that I keep seeing in the cigars that have that sweetness is from that region. Mm -hmm. So, again, like, really, if you like kind of the smaller gauge cigars and you're kind of looking for, you know, like a well-blended cigar, like, hands down that. Like, again, king of the small gauge, when you're blending in a small gauge, a lot of the focus is going to be on, like, the tobacco speaking. Yeah. You know, it's a smaller gauge. It's a lot more thought as to how that blend is going to be articulated and i think each one of his blends are unique in themselves mm -hmm. it has really good like flavor profiles and then each size adds a different uniqueness to it like with the unfinished business i had the corona and the robusto the corona brought out a little bit more of that spice but that sweetness was kind of a coating where you go to the robusto and that sweetness was a lot more forward and then it left kind of that spicy coating on the palate. So again, like I, I would imagine he probably didn't just use the Robusto to blend those sizes. I think each one of those blends, he went in individually and made, and, and yeah. you know, made that size. So definitely. again, each one of those cigars is definitely something worth trying. Uh, we've kind of gone over the, the segment here. So mm. why don't we, take our break now um and uh when we come back we'll finish up this at, do you want to go right to the pipe when we come back or do you want to finish the cigar segment and and go into that we could probably smoke the pipe and finish the cigar segment yeah know. yeah we can do that it's up to you I don't know. yeah okay so give us a few minutes we'll be right back all right everybody we are back and Hello. now we are smoking this. We are smoking the McBaron Virginia Number no. One. Um, it's new to us in the third quarter, but it is certainly not a new tobacco. It was introduced in 1955 by four seven McBaron 
McBaron, and um, uh, it says on the back of the tin, in 1955, Virginia number one was introduced to the world's pipe smokers, and today, Virginia number one is one of the McBaron classics. The natural sweetness from the carefully selected Virginia tobaccos mm. are to be enjoyed every time you light up this magnificent blend. In addition to a slow, cool smoke, this ready-rubbed blend gives you the slightly sweet smoke. Try the Virginia number one and find out for yourself why Virginia number one is reckoned as McBaron classic blend. They put the name in there often enough in the description. Um, manufactured, of course, by McBaron. It's a Virginia. Uh, ready rub means that the uh, blend was pressed, cut into flakes, and then those flakes were rubbed back out into uh, more of a ribbon form so it's easier to pack into your pipe. Um, there is some kind of topping on this, but I couldn't find anywhere where that was revealed yeah, as I to what it was. Either. Um, and we are doing a different uh, whiskey with the pipe tobacco tonight. This is something that uh, Dave uh, had given to him today. This is a Bradshaw Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. It's a Terry Bradshaw's somehow connected with this. Mm -hmm. His signature's on it. Yes. So I, I'm assuming it's a Terry Bradshaw uh, Rye Whiskey. It is 103.8 proof. Woohoo! So this is a really, really strong thing. You know, something to say about the uh, New England uh, Barrel Company, that was a, a 99 proof, and that was really smooth for a 99 proof whiskey. Uh, so here we're ramping it up even a little bit more, almost four points more than that. And uh, it still is also very smooth. Um, so before we... Before we uh, or while we're maybe getting into the the pipe tobacco here, what's our final thoughts on the um, uh, Menelik Toro? I think it's a fantastic cigar. I love the Toro size. Um, the cigar I think ramps up the further down you get. Those flavors just kind of intensify as you go. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a. I'm gonna say it's a. It's medium, medium plus in body, but it's a, it's the strength is full mm -hmm. on that cigar. That cigar can kick your butt. Yep, I would agree with that, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had the pleasure of smoking. I, that was my third time smoking a Toro, and I've had the Robusto like, I'd say well over, like probably closer to ten times, mm. and. Yeah, like this specific sample out of all those times was the first time I had a tight draw on it. And it started kind of adversely affecting my experience towards the end of it. But like the blend itself, it's one of those, like if you like a nice San Andreas kind of profile, like that kind of like mm. nice rich cocoa, a little bit of sweetness and that spice, then this is definitely a must try because it adds a really like savory, creamy, like I said, like that Guinness kind of like stout kind of mm -hmm. creaminess to it. And again, it intensifies the more you smoke it, like those notes get more pronounced, they kind of mingle together more. So it's definitely something I would suggest trying if you like that kind of nice San Andreas profile. Yeah. Um, a couple more cigars that came out in the first quarter. Uh, 
the Roma Craft came out with the Craft 2022, the uh, Craft 2022 Robusto. That was amazing. That was a fantastic cigar. I think it's one of the, the best uh, limited releases Roma Craft's come out with in recent years. Um, the draw was perfect. The, you know, one of the things on the Craft cigars is, is that it it's all a very kind of fancy wrapping style incorporating different designs different wrapper leaves into the cigar so you get little flavor changes as you go through the cigar and um i was really impressed with that do you guys feel the same yeah, i think we went I... through an original batch and then ordered more mm -hmm. that's why i like like smoking boutique mm -hmm. because a lot of these limited editions really is a avenue for these boutique brands to show mm. off like the skill that they have and mm -hmm. again like both the craft 2022-2021 which 2021 was even harder to do as a perfecto mm -hmm. but like they really show off the skill they have rolling because again like they use they have like those really nice looking wrappers like they had they don't disclose the wrappers but based on the previous ones i think it was broadleaf habano and candela mm -hmm. And it does really add uniqueness to the smoke. Like, you do get, even though it's very subtle, you do get that candela in there. And then the ones I would actually reach for are the ones that had, like, the first third of the cigar was candela. Mm -hmm. And it gave a really unique kind of lemon pepper note to it, which I think I may have had once before, but I can't remember what the cigar was. But that was a really unique smoke. And I'm also, I feel that those, um, that Corona box mm. was probably quarter two. Mm -hmm. which that was sexy yeah I, that was great like we sold out i think we actually we reordered that too and we sold out of those and the um the uniqueness of that package was it mm. had the intemperances and coronas which was the first time that they've done that Correct. which i think it's kind of a tease to release it yeah and they also had the the wonderlust in there too which is a um brazilian monofina wrapper and then they don't disclose the filler some people think it's cuban that's why it's only in europe i don't know but um yeah that's a really unique cigar too but yeah that corona box was great but yeah the the craft 2022 was also yeah, like the really sizes were fantastic yeah so roma had again it thinks that everything that they do is limited but again it's boutique what can you do and yeah again both those releases were definitely really well respected in the humidor this year mm. Was the reason why they won Factory of the Year, you know. Um, Casada also came out with their 75th anniversary uh, cigar. Uh, I'm the only one that's had it apparently at the table. Um, very strong notes of cedar and leather. Uh, a little bit of uh, pepper action going on there. <clears throat> Medium bodied. Um, it was a it was a solid cigar, um, but not one of my. It wouldn't be in my top uh, uh, favorites for t for the releases so far this year. And then you know that brings us to the to Tatawahe, which seems to be releasing like cigars every other week. It seems like just in quarters uh, two and three we have the the Veracu Blue which came out in two sizes, kind of a Robusto Extra and a Toro size, um, both of which I thought were phenomenal. Um, the blend on that was was uh, great. Uh, there was the uh, Latelier um, ERB and Big Ten, 
and the release of the Tuxla cigars as well. And uh, then there was the Cabaguan Perfecto and Churchill sizes. Um, I didn't have a bad one. I mean, they, they were all really, really good. The your 110 big, was my favorite. The 110 was your favorite? Yeah. What did you like about the Big Ten, Dave? Um, I just liked the... I felt like I got the most out of the San Andreas uh, wrapper out of it. Mm -hmm. My next was the... Um, oh, why can't I remember? The, the Avion one. Mm -hmm. that was, the Avion Tuxla was my favorite, personally. It just exemplified a sweet smoking cocoa cigar mm -hmm. it was really really nice did you have a favorite out of the tats that uh came out second third quarter yeah so the versailles blues both of them i think i'm kind of tainted for that cigar because i have some of the original release of the versailles so the i've smoked Veracu. that yeah the veracu i mean so i've had the original release of that mm -hmm. which is phenomenal by the way mm -hmm. again it has a lot of age on it but the new ones that came out I need to have them again, but I thought it wasn't ready yet. I had a little bit of a <clears throat> bitterness on it when I smoked it, but again, everyone else really enjoyed it, so that's just me. Um, the Tuxlas, I was a big fan of. The mm -hmm. um, the seventh was the one that I was looking forward to the most because mm -hmm. the seventh out of the brown label is like hands down, other than the Havana Casador is like my favorite tat. Um, and shockingly, that was the in my opinion, the strongest one. Mm -hmm. Like, it was yeah, like, it was. blow your nose, Pepper. Yeah. And I was expecting the... Um, the Avion. The, the right? Avion to be what's going to do that to you. But it definitely, if you're a fan of those blends, it did add a uniqueness to it. Um, the T110, I was expecting more out of. I didn't get it. Again, mm -hmm. like, it's really hard to beat the Sumatra T110 mm -hmm. that came out last yeah. year because that was such a... Like, just everyone was hunting for the thing after they saw how good it was, you know, and it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to oh, compare anything to Sumatra, but those were good. Um, the, let's see, I'm missing one. The Big Ten I have not had yet, mm -hmm. and that's, I actually have one I need to smoke still. Mm -hmm. And then the other perfective, I had the Churchill, which, Really, I think that's probably my favorite tat that came out this year. Really? Yeah. I haven't had that one yet, so now, now I'm going to have to have it. All right. So that's that's kind of our coverage of the uh, cigars that have been released in second and third quarter. Um, what are we thinking of the uh, pipe tobacco here now that we've had a few minutes to really kind of get into it? So it has like really like prominent sourdough forward mm -hmm. and then you're getting kind of like those stone fruit kind of plum sweetnesses kind of lingering and honestly it has that tea note to it that mm -hmm. the boston tea party has mm. it has a green tea note on the finish and then the aroma of the smoke is also enhancing that kind of tea note mm -hmm. yeah, uh, i don't know if you guys got a, that it, i can i can appreciate the green tea kind of finish um mm. i definitely think there's a uh, kind of a honey note like it, it's like sourdough honey green tea on the finish and a little bit of spice and a little bit of spice it's very creamy too yeah it's a it's a nice yeah, it's all it's all cream in the retro to me what are your thoughts dave 
being the Virginia king, definitely getting a lot of sourdough and stone fruit. Um, for me, when I with the pairing with the drink, it just brings the sweetness up like a whole notch. Um, but it's very creamy. I definitely agree with that green tea and and as a mouthfeel. I couldn't put my mm. finger on it, but that's definitely it. It definitely the drink definitely brings up the sweetness in the drink, but it does something else to the to the. Uh, I'm I'm at a loss for words as to how to explain what that. it does to the pipe tobacco. Yeah. Mm. It like to me. I think it's more of like a vanilla floral sweetness. Mm. That's kind of what it's doing. Is that is it the sweetness that it's changing? For There's you? still that green tea, but it's almost like a green tea with a vanilla-like sweetness. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is odd. Getting a little bit of a like a, a spice in the retro like too. that sourdough that you get when you're just smoking the tobacco isn't there at all with the with the rye. It's like the rye cancels that out and the sweetness ramps up, that green tea ramps up, and that sourdough aspect kind of just completely goes away. That's kind of like a botanical finish, too. Mm. Mm -hmm. But then it leaves like a really sweet coating on your palate, too. Mm -hmm. Let's see what it does the other way around. So while you're doing that, which company do you think dominated, I guess, quarter two and three? Hmm. Um, to me, um, Steve Saka comes out on top with the, uh, particularly with the uh, Mikarita Black. I think Sometimes. that's that's been the uh, uh, in my mind that was the best release in those two quarters. Um, I would follow that real closely by the Veracruz Blue. Yeah, which that I blue thought was amazing. You know, was a, a great great cigar. Um, I also think the uh, um, I think. Uh, Foundation did a really good job as well with this release. Yeah, the metal just finished. Is absolutely amazing. And the uh, the um, Macaratone uh, in both in both the Eluense uh, uh, and and uh, Maduro blends. They're just three great cigars. And what's what's interesting to me is is that that it's that you know. Steve Saka and Nick Melillo, you know, are right there in the in the top releases for me. Both of whom were at at uh, Drew Estate for so many years. Um, I think Nick Melillo is a fantastic blender, and anything he blends, I'm really interested in smoking. And that that kind of leads to my cigar confession. Mm. for the show which is uh i'll confess that i am much more 
excited about who blended a cigar or a, or a pipe tobacco than hype over it or ratings over it or you know what people are what people are saying about it um yeah like well i i found out that um you know uh aj fernandez was the mind behind uh diesels and the the sunday gravy mm -hmm. and i was like no wonder why i like it so much you know yeah but you know that's something it's it's something i you know they're like oh it's just a cheap cigar i'm like aj fernandez blended that cheap cigar and they're like oh i'll try one you know what i mean it carries weight yeah i mean i to me i i i really don't pay a whole lot of attention to ratings um i pay more attention to who's the guy behind the blend of the cigar i mean even with even with you know you know like kurt you know he doesn't actually blend the cigars but he's got one of, he's got a very very good palate mm -hmm. it's incredibly picky and you know so when he comes out with like the the club humidor and says here dan try this you know I, i'm very anxious to try it because i know he produces really good stuff but you know it, if steve Saka comes out with a cigar i'm almost i can be almost positive that that cigar is going to be worth pursuing mm -hmm. you know and you know n no one no one does home runs every time they come out with something you know but there seem to be people who consistently you know produce home run cigars on a more regular basis and you know for me steve saka nick Melillo, and this year you know uh, pete johnson with tatuaje are the the three obvious big big people to contend with you know the the, the exception for that so far for the year for me um uh you know the, the the one the big surprise and again you know the, the there's always the exception <laughs> to, to whatever rule the monte cristo 1930 1935 anniversary um espaso also blended by aj fernandez yeah amazing mm -hmm. amazing cigar you know um let's talk a little bit about uh um the pipe tobaccos that have come out in quarters two and three um this is of course much shorter list there aren't a lot of companies that are producing new blends or releasing limited editions um at least not that you know maybe there is but they're not coming into twins but uh in uh second quarter there was fourth generations jubileum flake uh, which came out a very very small batch release um, by uh, Eric um, Stokeby, very good friend of Twins. Was that the one that came in like the big box? No. Yeah. Not the big one pound thing is that what you're talking about? No. Like it was, was like a decorative black box, and it had a picture of the uh, the old factory on on the front of it. Mm. Picture of his father's factory, I think. 
I thought that was good, but I I didn't think it was awesome. I didn't either. You know, um, I really, really, really wanted that to be like a huge hit, and it's good tobacco, but it's very, very mild and very subtle. I think when you and put just it not just not my palette i guess when you put something in a box like that with the price point it is i think you have to be able to fill that box and it wasn't by any means something i can critique that it's bad but mm -hmm. the expectations going into it just from the presentation of it i don't think it quite yeah. met those expectations um quarter two also saw the release of 724's briary blends queen city uh virginia perique that uh, we put out at twins uh blended by Jeremy Reeves and uh, Cornell and Deal uh, produces that tobacco for us. That's quickly become one of my everyday smokes. Uh, I know I'm probably the only one here at the table that's like constantly smoking a pipe. Um, some of that has to do with the fact that I've got a mortgage and three kids. And, <laughs> you know, I need to, you know, <laughs> watch where I put my wallet and stuff. But um i love that blend it is you know so rich creamy sweet it's got all that perique piquant spice to it um that i love in virginia periques i love that blend i know i'm tooting my own horn when i talk about it but i can't help myself it's really freaking good and the only place you can get it is twins yeah baby um cornell and deal uh, came out with a bunch of new stuff this year. Um, kudos to them for still putting new stuff out with all this regulation stuff. And first off was a small batch, uh, Palmetto Balkan, which was a uh, English blend. Um, well, it's a Balkan blend. What's the difference? A Balkan blend um, is a blend where there's Latakia and Orientals in it, but the Orientals are more forward than the Latakia is in the blend. Very, very nice. Uh, I had one customer say that was the closest thing to the classic old-time Balkan Sobrani that he's been able to find uh, in 30 or 40 years of chasing that uh, old uh, tobacco. They also then came out with Haunted Bookshop Cake, which was a, uh, a, a crumble cake version of Haunted Bookshop, which has been out for years, been a bestseller for them. Um, I think it really, we had that on the show as well. And that, we, I think we agreed, added, it, it added a kind of a really nice nuance. creaminess yeah. and nuance to it that the original blend in the, in the, uh, Broken Flake doesn't have. Um, they also released their 30th anniversary blend anthology, which I thought was excellent. We sold out of that uh, much quicker than I thought we were going to. And um, not that, you know, I thought it was going to not sell out. But, you know, at Twins, we buy enough of this stuff and we don't really have an online presence. So I thought I had enough that it was going to last for a while. But we've been even even just last week, I was getting calls to see if we had any left. Mm -hmm. um, people yeah, have been asking for that. And Hilk said who usually holds on to stuff a little longer was 
quickly out of it as well. Mm -hmm. Then there was the uh, Sun Bear Mountain Flower, oh. the 2022 release of uh, Sun Bear from Cornelian Deal. The blend stays the same every year. It's a late summer release, but the uh, raw honey that is used in the blend changes from year to year. And this year's was a humongous hit. Mm -hmm. It was the largest buy we had from them from Cornelian Deal, and it is just about gone. There are just, there's literally like, I don't know, half a dozen tins left. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. We sold, we almost sold through the initial buy, which was two cases in, in a week. I know, and and we were having, we were having a show, at, you know, two weeks after the release. And I, I thought we'd have plenty. And fortunately there was, you know, sometimes with these new releases and stuff, there's, um, you know, some stores end up not wanting everything that was allocated to them. Uh, and so we were able to get a, a kind of a second allocation of that, and that carried us through all right. But uh, I'm amazed. It, it That stuff is, that's like late summer in a tin. Yeah, it's got like it's, the smooth finish of tequila to it. Mm -hmm. It's just like out of this world. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then there was the... Uh, 2022 release of Carolina Red Flake. Hallelujah. Which we reviewed last week. And uh, that was very, very good. Uh, and then uh, they also released uh, their holiday blend for the year. Mm -hmm. Jolly Old St. Nicholas. Which is a very Christmas smelling. It's got a, a kind of a, a ginger um, you know uh, baking spice kind of component to it. It's very, very, it's, it's like ginger cookies. Mm. It's like gingerbread cookies. I can't, I can't wait to smoke it. Can't wait. It's very, very good. And, uh, Gawith Hogarth also had several releases. They released vintage cut, i.e. what they mean by that is kind of traditional ribbon cut versions of, uh, blends that had only been released in, shag cut uh before in the states they did that with dark bird's eye kendall kentucky kendall gold and kendall dark their four big best sellers um same tobacco nothing changed except the thickness of the ribbon uh which then affects the burn of the tobacco and that can completely change how the tobacco performs and we actually did a uh dark bird's eye comparison of um the shag cut versus the vintage pat is still convinced that the tobacco is different that it's aged somehow yeah um i'm told that that is not the case but uh the lying pat <laughs> firmly believes that we're being lied to that uh things have things have somehow somehow changed so you know, we've covered this a little bit, but, you know, between these two things, you know, the cigars and pipe tobacco, what are your kind of standouts and favorites so far this year? Um, pertaining to pipe tobacco? You can, you can, we've kind of talked about cigars already, but yeah, you can talk about cigars too, if you want. 
Well, standouts for cigars, I mean, I'll just echo what you said. I think Sokka is definitely running the race. I will say um, Willie Herrera is, I think, having a really good year, too, with mm -hmm. the the um, H99 and the League of Ten. Mm -hmm. Those are two, I would say, this year releases. And, again, he's doing a really good job with that. The 20-acre mm -hmm. farm, mm -hmm. I, in my opinion, best Connecticut in the market. I mean, if people can disagree with me, that's fine. But that Florida sun-grown tobacco and the filler is like, whoa. <laughs> so, Sokka and Willie. Sokka and Willie. But with um, Pipe Tobacco, the vintage cut Dog Bird's Eye, I still mm. prefer the classic cut, but the vintage definitely was like, again, like I'm asserting that it's aged, even though I'm probably wrong. Like, it, it's a different smoke, for mm -hmm. sure. Even though it's the same tobacco they claim, it, it's a very right. different smoke. And the... Well, you thought the... Uh, the... The haunted bookshop was aged too, and it's just a different press. I don't, I don't think I thought that was aged. Yeah, I don't think I did. I don't remember that. But Dave, what about yourself? Standouts for the year. Uh, for me, you know, uh, with pipe tobacco, it was definitely like the the annuals, like Carolina Red Flake and and the new, the new batch of Sun Bear. Those are just like things i look forward to so much every year and uh, i was not disappointed you know this year's carolina had the highest sugar count mm -hmm. in a while that they've had from the carolina uh, tobacco so it's just really 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 good what about cigars dave uh cigars the soccer cons just blew my mind that thing was uh i was really happy about that and i agree with the uh with Path of the Twenty Acre Farm is probably the best Connecticut. Absolutely. So I remember from first quarter, my favorite cigar of the year was the the Espaso. You know, and now you know in, in this section it would be the Saka Khan. Um It would be hard for me to pick between those two. I think I would put Sokka's on top, though, if I were pushed. It's a very, very good, uh, it kind of representation of the Mikarita blend. Um, it's it's definitely, definitely one of my top, top cigars for the year. Um, I think in quarter four, I think when we see the, the Olmex mm -hmm. come out from foundation, I think the tables might turn a little bit for that. I was able to smoke one of each of those um, recently, and they are freaking the bomb. Which ones? The Olmex from, from uh, foundation cigars. Uh, those are going to come out in 10 count boxes as well. Um, really really good mm -hmm. um this is to me this has been a for both cigars and pipe tobacco this has been a really good year yes that it has mm -hmm. a lot of good releases a lot of tasty good mm -hmm. releases um so given the uh the two different whiskeys that we've had tonight the bourbon and the and the rye um a which one did you like better and which pairing did you like better 
I liked the the pipe pairing more because it well they were both not like they were both good pairings the cigar pairing with the um New England yeah it um I think it was a little bit more invasive to the more delicate profile of the cigar yeah. than I would prefer and I think that the pipe pairing again like it brought out like that like floral like vanilla note that we weren't getting before yeah so, that was pretty crazy yeah it was crazy how much it changed the tobacco there Dave, how about yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely down with the pipe pairing. Um, to me, it brought it made the the pipe tobacco sweeter, and I do I do agree with the Oriental type, um, um, flavor you get. Uh, but yeah, I, if I had to do them again, I would definitely choose the pipe pairing. Mm. I think you know. On its own, I like the uh, the um, New England Barrel Company bourbon a little bit more than the rye, but I think pairing-wise, I think the rye went better with the pipe tobacco than the bourbon did with the cigar. Um, I do think, uh, I agree with you, Pat, if the smoke output was a little bit more on the cigar, that it might have held up a little bit better uh, and had more more oomph to put up against the bourbon. Um, but they were both good pairings, you know. Neither one of them really blew my mind, though. And they were both solid, but I wasn't, like, blown away with either of them. I can you agree know. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the final verdict here on the uh, McBaron Virginia number one? Is this a classic blend that everybody needs to have? You know, it's it's hard for me to say that <laughs> with Carolina Red Flake. But, yes, I mean, this is just, uh, if you can't get Carolina Red Flake, for all means, you know, grab this. It's a solid Virginia. Uh, it gives you everything that you want from, like, a Virginia brand. Um, and, uh, yeah. This is, this is Coraline. It's not limited or anything. This is Coraline. It is yeah. not limited. Yeah, if you're a Virginia smoker, I'd say this is definitely something to have in the rotation because you can mm -hmm. get it. And, you know, from the Virginia standpoint, it's has, like, that sweetness you're looking for. It has a little bit of that spice. It has, like, that nice sourdough note. You know, it has a little bit of that kind of green tea. The honey was there. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it, and then the spice is definitely prevalent especially as you go through the bowl so i think that it kind of hits all of what virginia smokers are kind of looking for yeah i would agree i'd see why it's a big seller for mcbaron and um you know it's a this is a hundred gram tin um so you're getting a lot of a lot of tobacco for your money there mm -hmm. um i think it's you know there is some kind of top flavoring on this but I, I, I don't really think, I, I think it's very hard to pick it out. It, I think it sweetens it. Maybe it adds a little bit of... of if I was going to say anything, I, I would say honey. Honey would be what I would yeah. guess. But there's, there's you know, nothing is nothing is said. So there, there's no way to know for sure. But I, I do think uh, the Virginias have that kind of honey kind of sweetness themselves. 
So I don't think you really get caught up in, in you know, having a topping on this. It is a very, very sweet Virginia mm -hmm. uh, blend. And uh, whatever they're adding to it just kind of ramps that up a little bit more than, than I would expect. But it's a, a solid smoke. It's burning nice as it goes through the bowl. Uh, ramps up a little bit as you get through there. You know, mm -hmm. I, I totally agree, though. You know, it's like uh, that kind of a, a sweet sourdough, that green tea kind of finish, some spice in the retro, and then kind of in the background are these stewed fruit, you know, stone fruit kind of richer flavors that kind of, you know, add some complexity to it. Mm -hmm. That's I would say that the green tea finish is probably one of the unique things that separates it mm -hmm. from other Virginias too. Like that's a that's a unique finish, um, and it's it's definitely something that I'm going to have in my rotation. Mm. All right. Well, uh, next week on Not Just Blowing Smoke, we are planning to do the Rojas Statement Toro. Ooh. and uh, Peterson's Flake, which used to be Dunhill Flake, mm. but now it's Peterson Flake. Same stuff? Uh, yeah, same stuff, different name. Mm, yeah. um, all of that was produced by Scandinavian Tobacco Not Group really. for them, so it's it's the same thing. But uh, that'll be interesting to, to look at next week, too. So thanks for being with us tonight. We appreciate the fact that you give us your time hope you enjoyed it hope you got to smoke along with us and we'll see you next week on not just blowing smoke you've been listening to not just blowing smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge expertise and fun of twins smoke shop new england's premier smoke shop right to you wherever you are whenever you want it you can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoking